Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook-Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook-Noble. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Financially Speaking. I am your guest host, Karen Cook, today on the Inspire Choices Network. So today we're going to talk about cost savings in the workplace. So do you have a cost savings plan in your workplace? If you're an entrepreneur, business owner, are you saving money? Are you saving money while you work? Right? Um, so there's a lot of ideas, a lot of things, and a lot of ways that we can actually save money. And I know you're thinking I'm probably doing lots of stuff, and you probably are. But hopefully, with all the Many ideas we're going to talk about today, maybe some of them are new, or maybe you have some for me. So if you do, join us in the chat room, give us a call, let me know what you do to save money. So it doesn't matter if you work with bricks and mortar, so maybe you rent a space, maybe you rent a building, maybe you own a building, maybe you work out of your home, right? I have an office in my home, I have two. So and workspace. So I do utilize my home for uh, working as well. Uh, so I actually have my own company. It's Casey Training Plus. So I do a lot of uh, Red Cross training. So CPR, first aid for children, adults. I do the babysitting course, the Stay Safe course. I do Ministry of Labor boards, uh, uh, occupational health and safety board setups for workplaces. I go in and I'll train or people come to me and I do all the Ministry of Labor compliance training, make sure that everybody's saving lots of money. So I guess really I'm saving people money because if you don't have the stuff that I offer and the Ministry of Labor comes down, you're in trouble. So it's cost effective, first of all, to make sure you're compliant with the Ministry of Labor. So that's what I do. So I do work out of my home. I do have adults come to my home. I have a designated space. So I do work there. Now, I don't have kids at my home. I always have a space that I utilize outside the home. Uh, and and that's always cost-effective, too, because we make sure that we're doing everything we can not to cost the facility money that I'm using, uh, whether it's a rented space or a free space or a cost share or something like that or even a donation to some charities. But uh, in my home, I also do virtual work. Right? I work online. I do emails. I talk with people on the phone, I text, I work through social media, I get a lot of work through there. Even Kijiji has become a very good friend of mine. So I, I utilize that as well. So, I mean, as far as me, I'm working online. So when I'm not on my computer, I shut it off. I don't leave it running because it still costs money. Right now, I'm working virtually, right, because I'm, I'm hosting the radio show today. So my TV is off. Everything's off in the house except two lights because I think it's going to get dark soon. But the big light over me basically so I can read and see what I'm doing and then one in the kitchen. Because if it gets dark, my three dogs will fall all over each other and then we'll have World War III. So, and I'll get up and trip because that's the way it goes, you know. So I'm very uh, aware of saving money. And every little bit helps, right? So if you are working inside your house, outside your house, you go to different places, you're using gas, right? 
So making sure you have really a vehicle that might be cost effective. So you might be able to get uh, electric cars, things like that. I mean, you might want a Hummer, one of those Humvees and big vehicles. What do you get? Two miles to the gallon? <laughs> so I don't know if I'd want to be driving that around. That would cost me more money to go see somebody than it would be to come to my place. So all of my profits would be in my vehicle. So you want to make sure your vehicle is up with the oil changes. You don't have any leaks or any holes or anything burning and you maintain the vehicle. And I know I get a new vehicle. That'd be nice if I had 50000 lying around. But, you know, used vehicles, nothing wrong with that. But you don't want a 30, 40-year-old vehicle. You're probably going through a lot of gas. And depending on whether you've kept it up, right, your oil changes, your services, making sure that your fluids are upped up, uh, not running the vehicle where you're sitting there. Say you get to some place and you're early. I always shut my vehicle off. I keep the doors locked because God knows, right? And I might do something. If you are at a place where there's Wi-Fi, maybe you have data on your phone. Nothing wrong with that. Plug into the Wi-Fi. Save your data. Because if you go over the usage, you know you're going to get charged. So you don't want to do that. Wi-Fi is everywhere anymore. Just ask for the passwords. People are pretty good at giving it to you. And businesses have huge plans. So it's not like the ones you might have on your phone where you might run out. And if you're on a group plan for, say, your family or something like that, if you've got one guy, young one that likes to use all the data, we're going to be in trouble again. So there's lots of ways that you can save money. And that's what I do, too. So if I'm out and about and I'm somewhere and I'm going to use my phone to look something up, uh, check out the social media, see if anybody has come to my website or my Facebook business page or my LinkedIn or like if they're going to contact me through Twitter or anything else, I want to make sure not to miss them because I found that people are starting to communicate with me through those avenues and I don't necessarily check them as much. But after I had a text message from someone that said they contacted me through LinkedIn, I thought I better check them at least once a day. So I make sure if I'm going to get on the Internet or even when I'm out grocery shopping, comparing prices and doing my cost saving, I make sure to use their Wi-Fi wherever I'm at. It saves me money. And every little bit helps because you never know when you're not going to be able to use the Wi-Fi. You're going to have to use your own data and you don't want to go over because you didn't link into somebody else's, right? So just a few things you can do without even getting into our places of business. So things that we can do at the workplace, right? Thermostats. Programmable or smart thermostats seem to be a wave of this present and future. And I mean, you can't really negotiate the expenses with heating and air conditioning. They just happen. Now, I'm on that monthly plan, so you always pay the same. It doesn't matter what my usage is, I always pay the same. And then at the end of the year, the very last month, I usually really don't have a bill for one month and then the second month, it might be half a bill that I'm paying because I'm very aware of what I'm using for electricity. I watch the hydro, I watch what's plugged in, I watch what's left on, uh, it, that water's not running. I'm doing my laundry at the right time of day or night so I'm not in the peak times. When you get your electrical bills and, and things like that, sometimes they'll send you something that shows you your usage compared to like your neighbors and people around you. And I look at that and I think, okay, fine. So if I'm not where I want to be, why am I not there? What did I do? How can I change? How can I save? Right? And these work in the workplace, but you can also utilize them in your home. So these thermostats are great. 
And I mean, you don't want to put it down so much that everybody's cold and you, because you don't want to get sick. You get sick, you lose money, and then you're losing income. So you don't want to make yourself sick. And you don't want it to be too hot so that you're starting to perspire. I always keep mine between 70 and 72, depending on, you know, if you're in the dead of winter or whatever. Um, And then even with the air, I'm very careful to keep it around that as well, because I don't want it too cold, because I have a live-in basement. Now, I don't work down there. But when I'm sitting down there in a blanket and a sweater in the summer, that's just not, that's just ridiculous. I've got it too cold. So I can, you can turn it up depending on where you are and what you're doing, whether you're at work and you have a basement in your work or an upper level, you might have to hire or raise or lower your heat or air depending on where you're working. So if you're on a main level, you're probably 72, 71 is probably good. You put it down to 70, you're probably okay as well, air or heat. If you're going in the basement, you might want the air down so that it's not as cold. And you might want to put the air, uh, uh, you know, maybe at 70 if you're going up to another level. So programming your thermostat to maybe one or two degrees difference can really save you some money. And if you're on a schedule, so say your company is open from 9 to 5. So at 9 in the morning till 5 at night, that's when you kind of want to watch your temperatures. But when no one's there between 5.01 in the afternoon and and until 8.59 in the morning, when you come in or the first person comes in, they can put the thermostat at the desired temperature and you can have it there for those 8 or 9 or 10 hours. And And you can program them, by the way. You don't have to do it manually anymore. You can program it at times and days because you might not be open on certain days, weekends, holidays, uh, stats, uh, bereavements, clothes for this or that. So, and you might be open maybe a night or a half day. You can program the thermostat to be at a comfortable level, heat or cold, doesn't matter, during those times. And then when you're not there, put the heat down to 68. Put the air up to 75. Who cares if it's 75? Who's going to be there? And even if the facility's 65 and you program it to go up to 7, say 8 in the morning, so when you get there at 9, it's at 70. Because it might take an hour to get to that temperature, right? So you can do that. And this will control the climate. It's a smart thermostat and it's going to save you money. And it can save you 10 to 15%, which can equal $130 to $150 on your bill. So that's a cost savings over a year. That adds up. Ten years is over fifteen hundred bucks. Why should you give it to utilities? I know you think ten years big deal. Big deal. You put it in savings. There you go. Pays for your insurance, life insurance, health insurance, whatever. Okay, so that's what you can do, and it works whether it doesn't matter where you are in the world or what facility or business you're in. Um, some passive energy saving measures we can do. So using the the thermostat, fantastic. How about double pane windows? If you have single pane windows in your workplace, those old style windows where you hear the breeze come through, you might want to consider replacing them. You don't have to do them all at once and you can wait till sales go on and you can order them. You don't have to put them all in at once, order and put them aside. The installation can cost a lot of money and you might not have the money for that. So you might do two a month. Nothing wrong with that when they go on sale. Look for coupons, look for cost savings, see if you can get a better deal, always ask. The only thing they're going to do is say no if you can't get it. But always ask. 
don't be afraid to ask for a deal. That's something that I work on all the time. Doesn't matter what it is, but I'm always I'm getting better at asking for the deal. Because if you're selling something at a discounted rate and and I want to buy say 10 of that, 10 double window panes, now what can you do for me? Can you knock another 10% off? Ask. And I bet you they'll do it. 90% of places will do it. So, double pane windows definitely better insulators than your old school single pane windows. They can be a little expensive, like two fifty to six hundred dollars, but they last for so many more years, and really they're going to pay for themselves in the long run. Because if you're hearing noise, the wind, you're losing energy, you're losing heat, cold's getting in, you're losing cold, heat's getting in. So depending on the season, light blocking blinds and curtains. So if you don't have windows that reflect the light. Uh, so if you don't have any kind of tint on your workplace windows, you can certainly, and by the way, this will work in the home too, but since we're talking about the workplace, I'll focus on that. But you can use curtains, blinds, because if you're in a cooling environment and it's sunny outside, that sun's going to come in and heat up. So you definitely can use that to help block out some of that. Tight seals. So if you're in older structures, caulking, weather stripping can help. Uh, you want to look at your window and door frames, right? Uh, you want to make sure that they're intact and see what you can do to help, I guess, winterize that, which in turn helps every, for the whole season. And solar water heater, something like that. So if you're responsible for the building's mechanical appliances, get energy efficient upgrades as your budget will allow because the energy efficient does save you money in the long run. So anytime I'm replacing anything, I'm always looking for energy efficient, all the way down to a light bulb. I use energy efficient light bulbs. I do not have your old style light bulbs anymore. Now, I did buy a craft at a, a, a craft, I don't know, display once. I still have a little Halloween decoration, and they're pumpkins made of light bulbs. They're so cute. So don't throw out your light bulbs. Give them to somebody who does craft. Let them have them, right? Or I don't know. There's your side business. But those light bulbs save you a lot of money. They last a lot longer, and they are very cost-effective. Everything is. So look for energy efficient when you're upgrading any appliances, whether they're big or small. You might be buying a workplace fridge, stove, microwave, uh, but, you know, anything. Those little light bulbs save you a lot of money, okay? So at that, uh, left on that note, let's go into our first break. And when we come back, we'll keep talking about ways we can save money in the workplace. So you are listening to Financially Speaking today on the Inspired Choices Network. I am Karen Cook, your guest host, and we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? 
Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am your guest host, Karen Cook, today on the Inspire Choices Network, and we are discussing saving money in the workplace, being cost-effective. So continuing on with our list of ways to be cost-effective in the workplace, uh, another way to save money is powering down non-essential items after hours. So lights, appliances, machinery, right? Shut it off. Don't let it go into sleep mode. It's still pulling power, right? And I know you think, oh, what's one or two cents? It adds up every day. If you are spending five cents more on things you shouldn't in 30 days, 12 months a year, that's going to add up. So don't do it, right? Save money. Shut it off. Don't leave the computers on. Shut them down. Don't leave the copier on. Shut it down. Shut off coffee coffee machine unplug it unplug the microwave who cares that the lights blinking during the day because you didn't fix the time on the microwave who goes in there for that anyway they're going in the break room to eat lunch i mean you're not going to unplug the fridge that's going to be a mess but if you have a stove a microwave you have a coffee machine i don't know maybe you have a place where people can plug in their electronics and power up their phones unplug that stuff it still draws power. I'm not saying unplug your big things. Like I don't unplug the computer itself, but I do shut them down. So printers, I shut them down, right? Because they still draw power. And they're very easy first thing in the morning to turn it all on. I leave no lights on. There's no reason for a light to be on. And even if it's censored, who cares? I don't need censored lights on during the day. And if you have lights on your facility, like your complex outside of where your business is, and they're sensor lights, that's fine to leave them on at night because it's going to deter people from coming into your facility and it'll deter animals from hanging around too because it might scare them. But you don't need them on during the day. And I've seen that where people leave them on in the day and I think, do you know they're on? That's, that's, that's not cost effective. And make sure you're looking at the season. When the clocks go ahead or back, and as summer and spring and fall and winter are happening, your dawn and dusk times are changing. So change the timer on when your lights are coming on and going off. You don't want your lights coming on now, well, here in my area of the world, in Ontario, Canada, at 6 p.m., because 
it's now 20 after 7, and I wouldn't want lights on at my facility. There's no need for it. I do have one over my head so I can see what I'm doing. But other than that, I wouldn't normally have lights on in the house at this time. In the business, yes, but minimal. If I'm not in a room, the lights get shut out. So you might not be using an office. Shut the light out. Maybe there's a basement and upstairs. Shut the lights out. Anywhere you have people, customers, clients, staff, you want them on for obvious reasons. I don't want people to trip or fall or bump into things or hurt themselves. But yes, other than that, lights are great. Appliances are great. Machines are great. And it's it's straightforward. It saves you on your electricity bill, right? So do that kind of stuff. You know, it's funny. There's a gorgeous facility I pass every time I come home or go into town. I'm out of town about 10 minutes or so. Love it in the county. But every time I go by, and it is a beautiful facility, they have these lights and they're different colors. And they're very pretty. And then I look at the facility, and it's lit up like a flipping Christmas tree. And it's clo- it's it, it's not really anything going on. And I think, what a waste of electricity. And there's a bunch of businesses in a row, and there's four of them right around each other. There is never a time that I go by, and it doesn't matter what time after they're closed that I go by, that the lights aren't off. And I think, well, what a waste of electricity. I understand maybe leaving a light on, but when you're closed, what is the need to have 20 lights on on your outside of your building? You know, you talk about going green and Earth Day and Earth Hour and saving money. And if we all do this and we all do that, we all save money. I say, look at the business. Let's start there because personally, we're doing things. Let's look at our professional business workplace. There are so many ways we can still save money. And lights are the easiest thing. Shut them off. You don't need them all on. Reduce paper use. That's huge, right? Trees, right? Poor little trees. That's how we get paper. But don't throw out a piece of paper because you already used it, right? So you can certainly uh, print on one side of paper if you're not using it for anything as far as giving it to clients, right? I do a lot of photocopying for myself. Or even when I'm preparing for like the radio show or I'm making notes or I'm putting something together or I'm using it for my own purpose or I'm printing off receipts for the business or income tax or for files, I just use old paper. I can't tell you the last time I've used good paper for me. Now, if it's going to somebody, yes, I'm going to do it. Like I mentioned, I teach first aid courses. Well, they use answer sheets. Now, I don't. I make sure I don't use the answer sheets from the last guy that wrote the test where it's marked, but um, I make sure that I use other paper for that. So it doesn't matter if I scrap something and there's nothing personal on it, I can use that. So make sure you use that. When you're printing, do double-sided printing. Don't waste half of a paper. You can certainly double print. Um, if you're using, if you don't have to print paper, And you can email, do that. I teach Ministry of Labor courses. So what I do is I get every, they actually write it on the paper and I use double side. I hate it and I'll try and do everything I can to make sure that I don't have one or two questions on the last page and I'm completely wasting a whole page and a half of paper. I'll condense it to get them on so I don't waste a whole page and a half because I feel bad. I'm getting good at this cost saving. So um, you can certainly not print them off. 
So I don't print off the certificates. I download them. I email the facility and they have them. And they can keep them in a file on their computer to show the Ministry of Labor. And if they want to print them off, they can use their scrap paper to put in their files. Because the Ministry of Labor, when they come down, they don't care if you have it on the back of an old piece of paper. They only care that you have the training. So that's a good way to do it. If, if, if it's not personal information about a client or your business or sensitive information, you can absolutely use scrap paper for yourself. Um, sometimes you can look at the fonts too. Now, you don't want to go to a font where people can't read it and they're squinting and using a magnifying glass. But if you have one line on another page, oh, that drives me nuts. So I'm very careful when I'm printing off emails that I get. And I look at, oh, it's going to be two pages. And I look at the second page and it's the disclosure. I don't need to print that off every time. Again, I am wasting almost, well, basically it's um, one and three and a half quarters a page. I'm not going to print it off. I have printed it once. I have the disclosure. It doesn't matter now. Anything from that company, I got it. And I have it on my electronic files because I don't throw it out. So re And you can also cut your paper in half and use it for scrap paper. So when people call, instead of buying a phone pad, and you don't have to anymore because you can actually do that on your computer. You can set that up. But what I do is I scribble down all the stuff on a piece of paper, and then I can go to the notebook, the, the ringed by the coiled book, and I can put the note in nicely. Because sometimes it's like chicken scratch when you're taking down messages. So this way I can do that. Uh, mail. Getting mail. You can go to electronics. Because really, it only adds up most of the stuff you're throwing out, um, and you you don't need it, right? So get things sent electronically. Send stuff electronically. You don't have to use the old post office pipe anymore. We have computers today, and it, it can be a lot cheaper. And you can take your company's name off direct mailing lists wherever legally and practically possible. Because God forbid people get a hold of your name. You go on a website, you go on a site, you do something. God, they never stop sending you stuff. You inquire at a school. I inquired four years ago, four, four, five years ago at a school. I think it was in Stratford. Ended up going elsewhere. I am still getting stuff from them, and I have asked them not to do it. They still do it. Now I just return to sender. Please don't send it. No known address. I think stop it, right, because I took the course on, gone on. So definitely do that because they're wasting money as well. But if it were me, I wouldn't want to be wasting money. Okay. Another thing you can do is align plan costs with usage. So your company as, a, as an owner or even a comp you're working for a company. So if you're own, an owner of a company, you have to pay for a lot of essential services, telecommunications, cloud storage, bookkeeping, legal support. And you're going to be doing that monthly, annually, something like that. Review your plans. Make sure you are using what you pay for and you're not paying for something you don't use. So if you're, if you're not using a lot of the plan, reduce the plan, pay less. If you find that you're going over your data usage, so your allowed uh, usage of what you've paid for, upgrade it. Because I'll tell you, that's how the companies get you. If your phone is going over the usage of data, mine has a couple times, so I've altered it. But, hey, you're charged 50 bucks. Ah, crap. On top of what I already pay, it'd be cheaper to up it for 10 bucks a month. 
And they don't let you know when you're getting close because they're thinking, ah, yeah, I get some more money out of them. Every, it's, it's, the bottom line is money, right? We all want to make money. We all want to save money. So that's another way that we can absolutely save money is making sure no matter what plans you have, whether it's your phone, your printer, your photocopier, because you can get plans for service, your internet usage, whatever it is. Satellite. Maybe you have satellite for your customers to watch TV or your cable service. Just get the basic. I mean, as much as I'd love to offer everybody everything, I get basic. You can get your local weather. You can get your local stations. You can get some funny little comedy ones, whatever. You can get a few sports. So go for it. We don't need to be giving them $100 worth of options when I can give you 30 So that's 70 bucks a month I save on my satellite or even my cable by just offering basic. It's only there for pleasure. Uh, same with your radio, things like that. You don't need to go with anything uh, too expensive. I just need something to give you a little bit of music. So I don't have to hook up Wi-Fi, stereo speakers, blah, blah, blah. I put a little radio in the corner. You'll enjoy it, right? Or maybe, you know, something like that. So um, you can certainly save with all of the essentials and, and communications that you're going to be working with as well. Uh, so on that note, let's go into the next break. When we come back, we'll keep talking about some cost-effective savings in the workplace. So you are listening to Financially Speaking with Karen Cook today on the Inspire Choices Network. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am your guest host, Karen Cook, today on the Inspire Choices Network. And we are talking about cost-effective savings in the workplace. So continuing on with some more ideas. Encourage telecommuting. 
For millions of employers, telecommuting has tremendous cost-cutting potential. But unfortunately, it remains largely untapped. Only about 20 to 25% of companies have telecommuting as a, as a regular offering. And studies have suggested that telecommuting allowances and other types of flexible work arrangements have positive implications for employee morale and job satisfaction, both of which are positively correlated with productivity. And your bottom line, if your employees are happy, they're going to do better work. They will bring in more money for you. So everything affects your bottom line here. So telecommuting also directly impacts companies and employees' bottom lines by other ways. It reduces utility costs through lower electricity and water usage because they're not there. It reduces the amount of space required to house employees in a central location. So, for instance, by replacing dedicated desks with collaborative workstations that home-based employees can use when they visit the office. So you could have five employees using the same office and the same stuff because they're only there once a week and they might work from home the rest of the time or they're commuting. So reduce travel and commuting costs for employees and it reduces time lost to commuting and travel. So that is a definite way to save money. Using spaces more efficiently is another way to save money as well. So mobile device usage, collaborative workstations, multi-purpose rooms, so if you have a conference room, it can double as a break room. It could be used as an office, a meeting room. You might even be able to rent these spaces out if you're not utilizing them. Okay, because I've utilized rooms for places. There's places that I've talked to, whether I'm in my own community or stepping over to another community. I'm in St. Thomas. So there's a place that I can use uh, for a very decent price. I go to London. I have a facility that I can use there. So depending on where I'm going, I've talked to many places as well, and they've offered their facilities for little fees or uh, anything else. So sometimes I might get them for free. Sometimes I make a donation depending on what type of uh, place I'm going to. Sometimes I might pay $50 to $100, depends on what we're using. So And they're nominal fees as far as I'm concerned because that's cheaper than for me to go and rent a building to be able to offer a course that I might only use a few times a month. Okay, so that's very cost effective. Making sensible healthcare changes. If you are the one responsible for benefit health benefit packages, make sure you do want to help out your staff absolutely and yourself because you'll get it too. But make sure the healthcare needs are right for the individuals that they are being utilized and you're not spending money and they're not using them. So if it offers certain things and the employees aren't using it, find out maybe from them what they'd like and see if it aligns with what you can get because it's not cost effective and it is a huge expense to get benefits and if no one's using them and they would rather it's something else, maybe you can change that. Make sure it aligns with what you want and need as well. And you want to watch the deductibles. Make sure if they've got high deductibles that it's going to actually be feasible when it comes down to using that insurance plan. So equipment and services in the workplace, and we all have that. Um, you can buy used, gently used. I don't think I want to buy too used. But yeah, you can certainly buy gently used, uh, slightly used, never being used but never sold over five years. Uh, it doesn't matter if you buy brand new 
you can, but again, why? You can go to auctions. You can go to closures for businesses. Uh, you can look online. You can go see this stuff. If you buy in bulk, oh my God, you can make so many deals if you're looking online. Like your Craigslist, Kijiji, and uh, your local swap, shop, purchase, buy, whatever. Look at that stuff in your community or just outside your community. Even if you have to drive, no big deal. As long as the stuff is holding its own, who cares? You can get nice chairs, nice furniture, slightly used, or maybe a year old computers. You don't want to go too old on the computer. But if you're offering a little bit of TV in the workplace, why buy a new TV? You can get one maybe a year old, right? Tables, chairs, uh, couches, uh, things like that, uh, lamps, anything that you're setting ambiance for your clients. Uh, look at buying gently used, even printers and copiers. Businesses might be going out of business. If you find a business gone in foreclosure or having a sale, go to it. Go check out the stuff. You can get it a lot cheaper. Um, smartphones, tablets, laptops, you can look at getting them as a deal. Vehicles. If you need vans, delivery vans, company vehicles, look at slightly used. The more you buy, the better deal you're going to get, and you know you can barter with those salespeople. Granted, they're there to sell you vehicles. If I'm buying five or six vehicles, I expect to get at least two, 3000 bucks off each vehicle. Absolutely. Storage equipment, bins, vats, things like that. Buy them used. Don't go spend 10 bucks on a bin when you can go to Kijiji and get 10 for 10 bucks. Packaging equipment, boxes, bubble wrap. I mean, I save all that stuff. People go, why do you save all that stuff? Tissue paper, bubble wrap, boxes. I said, you're never going to know when you need it. And guess what? People always need it. And I have it. Glassware and cutlery. Go to your used stores, your Goodwills, your Salvation Army, uh, the Bible for Missions here in town. Wonderful place. Habitat for Humanity. Beautiful place to buy that stuff. And who cares if it's slightly used? They're beautiful things. I know somebody who did their whole home out of that. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I would have never guessed it wasn't brand new or no expensive china. But you can do that. Now, if you're in the workplace, watch that. I like plastic, paper, stuff like that. I really don't like a lot of glass and sharp stuff. Furniture, absolutely. You can certainly buy furniture slightly used or on discount or out of a warehouse. No big deal. Pay your invoices early. Don't get in the habit of not paying them and paying late fees, okay? So pay them early. If you can't pay them on time, set up to come out of the bank account. So in case you think, geez, you know, I miss it every month and by one day I'm paying an extra dollar. That's $12 a year on one bill that you're going to pay. Why should you pay money you don't have to? It's like a credit card. Use it, pay it off because you, if you don't pay it off, you're paying interest. And by the way, barter with them too about the interest. Get it down because uh, you can certainly do that. You can barter in kind. So if you have a company that does something and someone else does something, you can certainly barter your business, right? So look into that as well. Uh, leverage social media advertising, right? And a very inexpensive way to advertise is through your Facebook, your business Facebook. For $10, you can uh, sponsor your ad, send it out, and it'll hit like 10,000 people in the vicinity. I've been meeting with the Small Business Enterprise Center here in town, two wonderful women, Tara and Sarah. 
just realized that rhymed. Anyways, uh, one is helping me, help me with my business plan and still is my mentor. And the other woman is helping me with my social media advertising. Don't be afraid to reach out in the community and get help because I never knew how it worked. I mean, I'm quite an intelligent, educated person. I'd like to think I'm very smart, but some things I'm not smart in. And that's the one thing. I'm just not a social media business advertising person. But I'm getting there. Well, I shouldn't say that. I wasn't. But I'm getting there. And I'm learning that $10 is going to hit 10,000 people. From here to me, Woodstock, that's a 45-minute drive. I'm like, this is awesome. So that's a very cheap way to advertise. Talk to your advertising avenues in your, whether it's the radio, the paper, whatever it is, flyers, anything. When they have the deal, tell them to give you a call. What else can you give me? See what you can get. They need your money. You want to advertise with them. Make a deal, right? Encourage word-of-mouth marketing. Hey, if you send me in business, I'll give you $5 as, as a, a token of our appreciation. People will work for you for 5 bucks. So if I send in 20 of my friends to come in and use your business, and for each person I send you, you give me 5 bucks, I'm actually working. I get 100 bucks for those people. I offer that on my classes. I always have something. So if you come in, you come take a class from me, I give you a $5 off card. So next time you need to come for something, you get $5 off because I have many different things I offer. You want to give it to someone? I don't care if you sell it to someone. But if you want to give it to it or your kid or your friend or your spouse or your sister or your, your mother, they want to come give it to them, I give them one. Sometimes I run deals where um, if you come to my class, you bring a friend, you get 10 bucks off. They bring a friend, they get 10 bucks off. Or they get 10 bucks. But it's one. Like you don't get to, but you know what? You bring 10 people, who cares? I'll give you 100 bucks, right? So it depends on the deal that you're running, right? So certainly have your people, have your customers and clients bring others with them. Advertise. Bring in a person, you get this. And don't forget to use your social media sites, okay? Um, so there's a lot of stuff that we can do to save money and, and to advertise really free of charge. And if your clients and customers are happy with you, they'll be glad to tell people about you. And if you're giving them an incentive like $5 for each person they send to you, there would be parameters, right? You don't just send them in and give them 5 bucks. They'd have to get a service. Like you can't get, I don't give you 5 bucks for the gift card. You get $5 off whatever we're doing, whatever service you want from me. And if it's a percentage, that's fine. But watch your percentages. They can add up. So I usually give a dollar value. Um, contract labor or freelancers, that's a good thing to do for non-core work too. So uh, sometimes if you have some independent contractors, you can come in, do the work. Sometimes it can get a little cheaper. So try that as well. Invest in your employees and long-term contractors as well. So you want to make sure, of course, that you're when you're hiring employees, especially ones that are in demand, so you have certain skills, knowledge that you're looking for, you get what you pay for. So if you're offering $15 an hour, you're going to get someone at $15 an hour. That'll be their skill set. Fresh off the farm sort of thing. You want someone that's got the skills, the knowledge, the education, the background, is a go-getter, is going to do this, it's got everything you're looking for, you're going to pay double that. Right? So what do you want? Who do you want? Do you want them to be good at their job? 
you want to make sure that you value and invest in your employees and contractors. They do a better job. Everything is better for you. They're happy. They do a better job. More people come in because they're nice to your clients. So if you're trying to get a bid on something, oh, I'll come in at 75000 This guy comes in at 150 Get rid of the expensive and cheap. Never get the expensive guy. Never get the cheap guy. Look in the middle. Doesn't matter how different the prices are. They're going to be within a few thousand. Talk to them. Tell them what you want. See what deal they can make you. See their work. Talk to their former clients. See if they're good and then make your decision. Okay. Um, and of course, um, you want to make sure that if you've got interest charges, you can leverage that, make deals with that, um, look at the finances, make sure that you're not overspending in places like that. And know how to control your costs. So commercial rent, you're going to pay a certain percentage. It might go up every year. But again, if there's nobody else interested, you might be able to make a deal on the rent. And before you rent a place, talk to them about making a deal. Because you're going to be, if you're starting out new, you might have a few months or six months where you don't have an income. And you might need to upgrade the facility because they're not going to do it for you. And when you leave, you're going to leave it nice. So you go into a building, you're going to paint, you're going to re-carpet or put a floor in and do this and do that and fix the lighting. Ask for a few months free. Ask for the rest of the year at a discount. Ask that it can go up after a certain time. Because if it's sitting empty and has been, you kind of got a little bit of leverage. Uh, taxes, uh, I know, you got to pay them. But if you're an HST registered person, you get that back. So look at that too, right? And of course, labor costs. So if you run a low-margin labor-intensive business or a restaurant, something like that, labor is about going to be a little bit higher. Uh, so if you're running in an in a operation like that, you do want to be careful and look at the minimum wage, look at the overtime as well. And if it doesn't matter what business you're in. If you're paying overtime, you're paying overtime. So look at that as well. Okay, on that note, we're going to go into the last break. And when we come back, we'll talk about a little bit more of some cost savings that we can utilize in the workplace. So you are listening to the Inspired Choices Network, Financially Speaking. I am your guest host, Karen Cook, and we'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word 
severe in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am Karen Cook, your guest host. And today we are talking about cost-effective measures in the workplace. So we've been talking about uh, many different ways that we can save money today at work or in your business. Because if you're the business owner, you know how expensive it is. And it doesn't matter if you're working out of your home or at your commercial business space. Rent owned does not matter. So these will all work. Uh, so some last few minutes, in the last few minutes, we'll talk about a few more ways that we can save some money. Pooling your resources with other small businesses could work as well. So when it comes to buying supplies, inventory, equipment, there is strength in numbers. Many businesses reduce recurring costs by pooling resources with other small businesses in their trade areas um, or like-minded companies across a wider geographic. So depending on your company's size and function, you can consider buying groups. So if your business is higher up in the supply chain, it's likely to benefit from memberships and buying groups. So buying groups negotiate better pricing and terms on behalf of their members, reducing collective outlays for inventory and supplies. So it'll serve suppliers and distributors. So if you are actually in a, a, a workspace and a building and the internet, you can all share the internet, get an unlimited data, split it five ways, there you go, boom, we're all set. Trade associations, local business networks is another way. Cooperatives, uh, resource libraries. We have a library in our community. For a nominal fee, you can go in, you can catch up on books, magazines, you have access to internet, nominal fees for, or nominal fees for Photocopying, you're going to have access to everything that's going on there. So why go out and buy the stuff if you can look at it for free? And partner networks is another one. Some credit cards offer discounts with partner vendors. So you could get certain, certain percentages off uh, while qualifying for purchases with other areas. So rent-a-cars, uh, FedEx or something like that, or any other national brand. Remember that everything is negotiable. Unless it's clearly spelled out in a contract, you can negotiate everything. Bank fees, NSF fees. You can negotiate percentages on your credit card. Don't be afraid to ask about anything. Because if you can get a better deal, why not? You're buying in bulk, ask for a volume discount. Buy in bulk when it makes sense whether it's items for the office, if it's inventory, if it's cups, paper napkins, toilet paper, make sure that it's feasible for you to buy it in bulk. Food, make sure it's not going to waste. To buy a bottle of water or a case of water, I don't care if the water is 25 cents. I did at Costco. I saw the bottles of water for 25 cents, but I don't know how much the case costs. 
and they're still making money. So if that's the case, buy in bulk as long as it doesn't go bad. Evaluate employee perks and fringe benefits on the merits. So in many industries, competition for ta talent is very fierce. So you want to make sure you've got the juicy equity packages, generous time off allowances, perks, fringe benefits, something that helps them but doesn't put you in the poorhouse, right? Shop around for essential services. If you need heat, hydro, internet, anything like that, shop around, get the best deal. And you know what? Negotiate it. I know that this is your fee, but hey, I can get it for $25. I'd like to have you. $5 a month savings. That's $60 a year you're saving. Why shouldn't you save it? They don't exactly give you their best deal. You have to negotiate it. I've done that. I've done that with services, absolutely. And I've gotten the deal. Whether it's your phone, your landline, your cell phone, that you, oh, if you bundle all your services, we'll give you a deal. Give me a better deal. They always do. That's why people jump between the two big ones, Rogers and Bell. Every so many years when the contract's up, because the deals are off and they just bounce back and forth. But before you do it, ask them if they can match what you're about to get. Limit your travel expenses. Telecommuting might be okay, but maybe you can't do that, right? So you're not going to be able to lower certain costs if they're not telecommuting. But if you have to travel, that's fine. Find a cheaper way to travel. We all don't need a private jet. Right, so if you're going to travel, gas is expensive. Maybe the train or a bus is a cheaper way, and it's feasible for you still. Carpool. If there's four of you going to the same place, go together. There's nothing wrong with that. Take the biggest vehicle, you're all set, right, because we want to be comfortable when we're traveling. Bring your meals with you. You don't have to eat out. First of all, it's not as healthy, and it's damaging on the bank account. So final words, every business is different. Sometimes you can't limit travel expenses if your duties don't require you to travel. You can't downsize office space if you're working out of an office in the home. But still, it's truly certain that your business ledgers contain at least some financial fat that you can trim. Even if you think you plucked all the low-hanging fruit, it may be worth your while to take another look. It won't cost you anything and could be very significant for paying off in a long time. So what are you doing to cut your Thank you for choosing expenses. to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.